thing to be an expert at if you're a homeowner odds are you have a garage odds are not all homes do some have a driveway some have a carport but many of them have garages and it's not a room that you consider showing someone you don't show it off you know you, you don't know you want to see my garage Maybe if you have a new car or a new lawnmower or some new tools, you show that off, but you don't show your garage off. Well, with garage experts, you do. I do. I had them come do my flooring and customized uh, storage. And when I say customized, not customized based on the room, the size of the room, the space in the room, but how do I use it? Do you do a lot of electrical work? Do you do any hobby stuff? Do you do a lot of gardening? So uh, you you pot plants often, or or you you maybe um, don't do much at all in your garage other than park your car. Maybe you like to wash your own car. All of that determines what sort of storage you're going to have designed. And then the flooring is flooring that you cannot do on your own. I'm telling you, I know there are kits you can buy the epoxy flooring and 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 so forth. It is nowhere near the same. You can check out the video of the transformation of my garage under the videos on Facebook, 1041 Nick Reed. Also a video conversation with Mark and Shelley Long of Garage Experts under Nick's endorsements at KSGF.com. They're great people, too. I want to make a, a just a couple of comments about the the last segment because it is a segment that I anticipate understandably can create mixed reactions from people. And there's been a, 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 I don't know if I'd call it a movement, but there's certainly been a push by people within the Ozark community, some parents, some former you know, teachers, current teachers even, who feel as if the school does not deal with issues in a proper manner, whether that's legally or culturally. And there are are billboards that have launched promoting SaveOzarkSchools.org that detail some of these issues and so forth. And and so we had some of the individuals in to talk a bit about that. And, and just to launch my point here, I'll, I'll read to you a uh, couple of text messages. One noting that a family member is president, uh, assuming a family member of the person who sent this text, is president of the local area school board and has had no issues with outbursts, parents feeling left out. The president walks the room before meetings, welcoming new faces and explaining, we work for you, so we want you to be informed and have a voice. Raise your hand if something isn't clear. It's time to speak. I'll call on you. If not, I'll look and and nod my head, but um, I will call on you when it's time. And I will say, I, I don't recall any accusations of intimidation from school board members, uh, but it was more 
from the superintendent. And in fact, one of the text messages coming in saying that it was uh, uh, the head of the school board that actually had to intervene uh, when there was uh, a conflict, if you will, between the superintendent and one of the citizens. So that that wasn't necessarily a complaint. But, uh, you know, somebody else noting, well, there's always more to the story. And that's absolutely true. Absolutely true. And their major concern wasn't, as I understood it, these little conflicts that we had and we are right and they're wrong, but just how the, the, the way things are run. And it all essentially boils down to, and this is one of the reasons that, that I wanted them to come on here, are school boards generally in this country are occupied by members who don't know who their boss is. They don't know who they're working for. And some of that is on the community at large. If you have listened to me for any time at all, you know that I have been very vocal. This was well before pre-COVID. That school board members have generally seen themselves as representing the school district. Yeah, the people vote for them, but their job is to get the district what the district needs. They are the experts. If the, if the superintendent says we need to do this, the school board votes and makes it happen. When that's not what school boards are supposed to do. It is supposed to be the other way around. It is the community. They are, they are to represent the community, and then, and then instead of directing the community to support this or vote for that because it's what the school district says it needs, they are supposed to direct the superintendent, direct the curriculum, do all of these things based on what the community wants. And we are so jacked up in this country about who should be in charge of our kids and in charge of education, I think that idea is up upside down. Even explaining it instead of hearing it going, well, oh, yeah, that is true. They think, well, we can't do that. Oh, we can't. I, you have to have a degree to understand what kids need to learn. You, you have to go to college and, and you know, you have to have this expertise. We can't let random people in the community who don't know anything about education deciding the direction of the district. I, I think to them that is a horrific idea, but that's what it's supposed to be. Now, that being said, if school board members never hear from parents, they never hear from the community, and all they ever do is hear from the superintendent and the principals and the teachers' unions, then you can't really blame them for, over time, evolving into this relationship in which they are representing the teachers' unions and the administration instead of the people, because that's who they're hearing from. It's like lawmakers in Washington, D.C. who don't get phone calls from their constituents, but every single day they have PACs and lobbyists coming in, and then back at home citizens are mad because, well, they're not listening to us. Well, if there's nothing to listen to. So my overall theme, if you want to call it, or or motivation for you know this the, that 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 hour that we had isn't necessarily to right any specific wrongs but it is to highlight these dynamics and the relationships and everybody 
And I'd say you've got the, the three participants, if you will. You have the the district, that's the administrators, the principals and the superintendents. Then you have the school board. Then you have the community. Everyone has their fingerprints on this upside-down dynamic. Everyone does. The community for not being involved, as they should, for not demanding that school boards represent them instead of the school district. School board members for, uh, at the same time, representing the wrong side of the equation and administrators for looking at themselves as the entity who is the expert and and their relationship is to tell school board members this is what we need you make it happen and all of all of those positions have led us to where we are today so everybody has a degree of responsibility in it and it's cyclical and and oftentimes it feeds itself there, which came first the chicken or the egg but ultimately, it really doesn't matter. What matters is that we fix this thing. And it oftentimes doesn't mean that you have a district, even if that dynamic is upside down, because I suspect there are very few districts in this country that do it correctly, in which all players in that relationship understand the proper roles. I, in fact, I would not be surprised if there really wasn't a single district. Maybe if you have Amish country, I could see that being an Amish country. And it, it doesn't mean that the people involved are bad or ill-intended. Now, sometimes you do have that. I mean, the Springfield School District is just a, an example of the a total, complete establishment whose number one goal, whether they recognize it or not, but it's clear that, it, that it's it's a proactive goal, is to, instead of educate kids, it is to turn them into political and social activists uh, and and continue to see the decline in the successful education of young people, which latest numbers show that that is once again the case with Springfield. But it isn't always because of people with nefarious intent. It isn't always. You can have a district filled with people whose number one priority really truly is to only educate, not socially indoctrinate. But if those relationships aren't corrected, then it's, it, you know, we have a problem. And so that's ultimately my goal. Now, the reason I say that it, it, that can oftentimes get lost because people get defensive. And you can sometimes not see the forest for the trees. And I recognize that that's the case. But at the same time, I think this is just too important that we rebalance things and, and get these relationships back where it is that they are supposed to be. Jason Rima with the latest news. Arkansas lawmakers on Tuesday approved an education overhaul that creates a new school voucher program, handing a major policy win to Republican Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders that critics say could threaten support for public schools. That plan also raises minimum teacher salaries and puts new restrictions on classroom instruction about sexual orientation and gender identity. Sixteen former students at Agape Boarding School near Stockton have settled lawsuits claiming they were abused while they attended the school. About two dozen lawsuits have been filed against Agape Baptist Church, which ran the former Christian boarding school 
The school closed in January. Four other lawsuits were refiled in federal court. Four more are pending in state court. A federal judge says a Missouri law that bans local police from enforcing federal gun laws is unconstitutional. U.S. District Judge Brian Wimes said the 2021 law is preempted by the federal government under the Constitution's Supremacy Clause. The Justice Department said under the law, the Missouri State Crime Lab refused to process evidence that would help federal firearms prosecutions. Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey says he will appeal the ruling. George Lawson reporting. And a man from Nixa is dead after a crash Monday night in eastern Kansas. State troopers say 35-year-old Yuri Lindell was driving a semi which drifted onto the shoulder near Emporia and hit another semi that had stopped. I'm Jason Rima, Springfield's Talk. First alert forecast, cloudy. Chance rain today, 49 for the high. Rain likely 40 tonight. Rain tomorrow, 53 Friday. The day of happy hour at Retro Metro, 4 to 6. No rain. No rain. It's going to be a wonderful happy hour. A high of 51. Sarah Myers. Yeah. Thank you for... Am I on? (laughs) Well, with rain in the forecast, at least one person may experience some roof issues. You know, yellowing on your ceiling, drips and leaks and gutter issues. And I hope that's not you. But if it is called the Pyramid Roofing Company. Now, Josh and his team, they are just top-notch folks. They'll come out, they'll get on your roof, take tons of photos and videos, and see exactly what is going on. And they'll be upfront and honest with you, too. They don't sugarcoat things. They're just honest about it. And that's one of the reasons why I really like the Pyramid Roofing Company. Uh, They won't try to upsell you. If you need just a roof repair, they'll let you know. And if you do need a whole new roof, well, they'll get you on the schedule, and they will get your brand-new roof in just a matter of days and you won't have to worry about roof issues anymore so if you do find yourself looking for a great roofing company highly recommend the pyramid roofing company you can find all of the contact info for josh and his team at ksgf.com under the sarah's endorsements tab and pyramid roofing is also sponsoring our bracket a lot of stations that do basketball brackets and so forth last year we did trump's nicknames this year it's biden quotes and it's audio so uh, go to ksgf.com and uh, go through and in the first bracket you you listen to the audio you pick your favorites and then uh that will pick next week's and then the next week's and every week that you participate you get an entry in for a, a prize which is yet to be determined now uh, what did you fill out your bracket no i haven't so i did that. the the test bracket yeah me and I get to see like what percentage oh. of audio that does, I picked is is winning. Oh, and, does it do that for everyone? Uh, I would assume so. Okay, yeah. I didn't I didn't know if as an administrator or something. Nope, I did okay. it as like a test person. All I'm, right, I'm very, very upset. good. And my, so my favorite is not winning. Oh, I know. Well, and here's the thing the the winner of the competition is not chosen based on. The prediction. Um, it, it, it will. Everyone who participates will be in the drawing, and then it will be the winner will be randomly drawn. But your vote does determine what eventually will be chosen by the KSGF audience as the best or worst or most brilliant, however you want to see it, uh, Joe Biden quote that is part of the bracket. That's at KSGF.com. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Melissa McCarthy, she's an actress. Funny gal. 
She took to social media to defend drag queens as they remain under increased scrutiny in some states. Quote, you've been entertained by drag your whole life. Don't pretend it's a problem now. Read a picture posted to the actress's Instagram. Well, not everyone has. I mean, now these, and, and, you know, this is kind of the weird world. We all can fall into this trap. We assume that our life is the same life or our experiences are the same experience everyone else has. So if you are somebody like, I'm guessing Melissa McCarthy has been entertained by drag queens her whole life. She assumes everyone has been not realizing that a majority of people have not been entertained by drag queens, drag shows their entire life. Now, they have been around for the duration of people's lives, but that does not mean that they have been entertained by them. That goes for anything. I mean, uh, Her photo featured several examples of male characters dressed as women, including Robin Williams, Monty Python's John Cleese, and a Looney Tune character, among others. The post garnered nearly 300,000 likes. Some of the, it's obviously conflating. Some of it could be gaslighting. And, and I don't know how much. Some of this, I believe it's rationalization. The The claim, don't pretend it's a problem now. What is a problem now? Which is a new problem is the desire of some adults to take children to drag shows that are sexually explicit. These are two totally separate things. And I I, I think some of these people, they actually gaslight themselves somehow. And I believe it is because they oftentimes are so obsessed with political opposition when they when they hear somebody that is a conservative that doesn't want a kindergartner to have somebody at a drag show pole dance in front of them. They have to figure out a way to disagree with that because Republicans are bad. Conservatives are bad. And so in their minds, they they twist it into, uh, it's a war against drag queens. I don't know if you didn't notice it, but here's just a little bit of a news flash. No one was even talking about this. This was not an issue until some adults wanted to make children part of it. Prior to that, no one cared. No one complained about drag shows. No one complained about drag queens. No, Nobody cared. Republicans didn't care. Nobody cared. Did you notice that wasn't an issue until the last couple of years? It's interesting that Melissa McCarthy is actually making that point without realizing what point she's making. She's listing... The picture of Monty Python's John Cleese, Robin Williams dressed in dragon and saying, well, you didn't have a problem with it then. That's right. We didn't. Because 
We don't have a problem with it. Do what you want to do. But when you start telling parents who send their kindergartners to school that they need to be part, or you have middle schools like in Columbia that without letting parents know, take their children to be part of it, that's where the problem occurs. And it doesn't mean that you are all of a sudden against drag queens or drag shows or strip shows or whatever. If you don't want your, I I mean, to illustrate a parallel here, there are lots of people that have no problem with strip clubs. There are lots of people that go to strip clubs, but that doesn't mean that they have their eight-year-old child go with them. And simply because they don't want their eight-year-old child to be exposed to it doesn't mean that they are against them or hate strippers. It's called age-appropriate. People who are opposed to eight-year-olds having sex aren't opposed to, quote, sex overall, are they? It's about the age. Melissa McCarthy is actually making a point here that, that she doesn't realize, and that is this is not about drag. It's about children. But unfortunately, I suspect that she is, gets all sorts of praise from people on the left who don't realize that she is actually making a point against their cause. It is not anti-trans. It's not anti-drag. It's nothing to do with that. It's about the kid component. Springfield's Talk 104.1. I'm Nick Reed. Springfield's Talk 104.1 is always just an app away. Download the KSGF app and listen live. Or catch what you missed on KSGF Mornings with Nick. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 104.1. First alert forecast sponsored by St. Clair of the Ozarks Home Improvements. Cloudy, 40% chance of rain today with a high of 49. Rain likely tonight, 40, 53, and rain tomorrow, mostly sunny. Friday with a high of 51. Sarah Myers. Hey, that's me. Beatles property maintenance. Yeah, I know. First, yeah. That's what, that's what I'm going to talk about is Beatles. Now, first things first, Beatles is spelled B-E-A-D-L-E-S. And what do they do? Well, they do a variety of home repairs and maintenance. Now, your home is probably the largest investment that you will make in your lifetime, which means that you need to protect it the best that you can. And when unexpected home repairs and maintenance pop up, that can be incredibly frustrating. You know, who do I call? Who can I trust? Who can get this job done? as quickly as possible, as affordable as possible, and somebody that I can trust. And that's why I love to recommend my friends over at Beatles Property Maintenance. Now, Bruce and his team, they have done so much work at my house from fixing my kitchen floor to um, fixing some subflooring, electrical. I mean, they have done so much stuff at my house. And I continue to hire them just because they are fantastic to work with. So if you do find yourself with an unexpected home repair or maintenance that pops up, highly recommend Beatles Property Maintenance. Now, you can find all of the contact information for Bruce and the Beatles property maintenance team at ksgf.com under the Sarah's endorsements tab. What are you having at uh, Retro Metro for lunch today? Probably a salad because I'm still on the uh, diet thing. I haven't had the uh, nanny stroganoff for a while. You know what? Even I think I'm ready the for salads and the soups there are fantastic. Yeah. 
They yeah, you really say are. that like a good oh, salad. No, and they do. They are good. And uh, of course, I've raved about this. I'm particular about salads. I, I, I don't. Can I say how I don't know how many salads you had uh, on the Great Escape? Their salads were incredible. They were. Mm-hmm. Yes, I love salads that have the stuff in it that looks like you went through the forest and foraged things. I, I don't care for iceberg lettuce. I like the, I like arugula. I like peppery lettuces. I like the dark stuff that that's just you know what I love. And and uh, Retro Metro has fantastic salad. But some of those salads, oh, I was so because imp- a lot of resorts you go to and it's iceberg lettuce or maybe mm-hmm. some spinach leaves and and uh, man, they were fantastic. Yeah, but yeah, everything. no salad. If you like salads, Retro Metro definitely. But. Everything at Retro Metro is delicious. I haven't had that one deal though. With it's like uh, a steak with the, is it an apricot drizzle oh, or something uh-huh. over? Yes. I forget what it's called. Yes. Maybe I'll go that round. It was good. Oh, the decisions, the decisions. <laughs> if you haven't signed up for Lunch Bunch uh, to join us at Retro Metro, just go to ksgf.com. And then, of course, we'll be there for happy hour Friday, four to six. There was a, I mean, hypocrisy has been around forever. Uh, posers have been around forever. People who pretend they're one thing, but they're really not. And and oftentimes those are one and the, the same. We have gotten to the point where, although to some degree most people can at least fall into that trap, there are people that try not to be that way. There are those that also that don't care. And that, frankly, is the Democrat Party. Don't care one bit. They don't care. In the first hour, talking about January 6th, I I noted outside of January 6th, there was a police officer who shot an unarmed unarmed person. That, according to all witnesses, was not in any way, shape, or form a threat to the officer who shot her. And, according to witnesses, including other law enforcement, They never heard him say, stop police, or he just shot her dead. Outside of that instance, can you think of a time when the left did not demand to see footage of a shooting that involved a police officer and an unarmed person? Can you think of one? And and immediately, if not... Burn stores down? Throw Maltov cocktails at police cars? Politicians demand transparency? Accusations of cover-up? But amazingly enough, those same people not only aren't crying out for footage or more information regarding the unarmed shooting and killing of a person by a police officer, they're demanding that footage related to that incident be covered up. Now, if you're on the left, how do you possibly justify that? You don't. You just give up on caring about honesty and ethics. You you just, you you don't even think about it. That's how you deal with those things. You You don't think about it. You do not have that internal discussion in order to try and and be a better person or an honest person. I bring this up because there's another glaring example out there. And on one hand, it's laughable. But on the other hand, it's sad because it shows there really truly is no moral direction whatsoever 
with the Democrat Party as a whole. Now, the Republican Party clearly has massive issues, particularly, I mean, Mitch, the, the Senate side of things, Mitch McConnell, Mitt Romney, all, all that, that whole crew, they're just as bad as the Democrats. There are, there are good elected Republicans. There, they are there. Most of them are not in leadership positions, and I think that McCarthy should be still afforded at this time an opportunity to prove himself. And so far, at least the release of the 41,000 uh, hours of footage shows that he's on the opposite side of the establishment in this capacity. He's being attacked. He's, be, I mean, he's on the side of the people on this one. But when it comes to a, a voluntary divorce from morals and ethics, the Democrat Party, that, that has been done some time ago. We used to be told that corporations should be completely separate from politics. Corporations should not be able to donate to campaigns because they're not people. That uh, uh, politicians that are controlled by corporations are bad. Until, of course, the corporations do something that they like. For example, Major League Baseball. Doing economic damage to a state of Georgia essentially holding them hostage, telling them, if you do not vote against legislation we want, we will not hold the all-star game here. Economically damaging the people of a state unless politicians pass legislation they want. Boy, they loved that. Oh, that's wonderful. When it came to uh, Disney, which for generations has had this special relationship with government in which they pretty much got to run themselves. They got to decide their own environmental regulations. Now, of course, again, the left, oh, corporations are evil. Man, we need to have rules. We need to have regulations. Disney escaped all of these things that the left claim Corporations need to have watching over them because corporations are naturally evil. Until, of course, DeSantis said, you know what, maybe you should be treated like every other corporation in Florida and not have these special exemptions. All of a sudden, how dare you not give this massive international corporation special privileges? How dare you not allow this massive international corporation to escape environmental regulations. How dare you? You see, there's no moral compass whatsoever. They referenced DeSantis in that that specific instance as being fascist. This is what dictators look like. This is what authoritarians look like. This proves that Trump laid the groundwork for an even greater evil in DeSantis because here you have a politician that is dictating to businesses what it is that they can or cannot do, how it is they must do business. Now, of course, DeSantis was actually doing the opposite and saying, we're going to treat you like everybody else, no special privileges. But that aside... Targeting Disney as a company by a governor is total fascism. You may have heard that Walgreens, 
has announced that in a, a number of states that they're not going to mail abortion pills out. They're not going to do it. And, you know, they were going to have to deal with all sorts of legal challenges uh, regarding this. And many people would argue that that sort of pill uh, that oftentimes leads to hospitalizations, if if it's not used properly, probably not the best thing to just send people in the mail. But nonetheless, um, Walgreens is like, we're not going to do it. Now you have people like Gavin Newsom. Who are, are are saying, well, we just might ban Walgreens from operating in our state because they won't operate the way we want them to. The Federalist writes that this week we learned Walgreens wouldn't sell the abortion pill in 20 red states that have laws curbing unfettered abortions. Gavin Newsom, the man who presides over a state whose economic controls are beginning to resemble an Eastern European Republic circa 1975, promised the pharmaceutical company would face consequences and that California would no longer do any business with the chain because it cowers to the extremists and put women's lives at risk. And of course, is the left calling him a fascist? for threatening to punish a company because it's doing something that he doesn't like? No. They're right there on board. They're rallying behind him. They're cheering him on. The reality is people on the left don't have a problem with dictators. They just want their dictators. And they demonstrate that on a daily basis. And this is yet another example. They do not have a problem with fascism. They just want their fascists to be in charge. They have no problem with communism, with socialism, with authoritarianism, with totalitarianism. They just want their people in charge of it. And this is just another glaring example of that. Springfield's Talk 1041. i I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Emily Johnson, House Theory Realty broker and owner of House Theory Realty. Those of you who have used her services, you can do a community service. And if you have not left a review for other people to read, I would ask you to do so. I, I, on a daily basis, try to spread the word. We are an information station. We try to provide useful information to people. And many of you in your lifetime, if you haven't already, you either are going to or you know someone who's going to need to buy or sell a home. And that's a massive, that's a massive deal. There are so many things that can go wrong, and I don't mean house exploding wrong, but if it's overpriced or if you have a realtor that doesn't want to hurt your feelings and you think it's worth more than it actually is and they don't want to tell you otherwise and so um, you know, they say, oh, okay, and then it doesn't sell and then you've got the what I consider the dreaded price reduce sign in your front yard because to me that is a red flag. It's like, well, why do they have to reduce the price? So you've got to have somebody good from the get-go, and I'm telling you, Emily Johnson House Theory Realty. She is the one for you if you want that experience. If you want a miserable experience, you can gamble and go elsewhere. Some, you know, some people, they have kind of a sadomasochism thing going on, and they like pain. They like agony. If that's the case, Emily Johnson, probably not for you. But if you want a good experience, that's who you go with. 
USDC judge strikes down Missouri's Second Amendment Preservation Act as being unconstitutional. Missouri started this battle back in 2021 with the signing of the Second Amendment Preservation Act into law, a.k.a. SAPA. The act's language is quite plain, allowing local law enforcement to refuse to cooperate with any federal law enforcement action that seeks to confiscate the guns of its citizens. The law also penalizes any local law enforcement agencies who refuse to adhere to the law. Newton County, which is in the southwestern corner of the state, not the bottom, bottom corner, but it's just above that, uh, was the first to kick things off. I believe they refused to um, run tests on on something for the feds. And and, uh, and so this was an opportunity for the feds to come in and say, states rights, I don't think so. Second Amendment, I don't think so. What do you think you are in America? What do you think this is, a free country? Biden's Department of Justice, which had not found a civil liberties infringement it hasn't liked, decided it needed to oppose Missouri claiming that we violated the supremacy clause in which Joe Biden is ultimately supreme. Of course, then A.G. Eric Schmidt, who's now in the U.S. Senate, pushed back hard in a seven-page response letter right on brand. They sued in a separate legal action. The city of St. Louis, St. Louis County, and Jackson County also filed suit against the SAPA law, claiming it harmed local law enforcement because if those counties have ever done anything, it's shown a great loyalty to local law enforcement. So there were pressures without and pressures within in opposition to the law. Yesterday, a U.S. District Court judge ruled SAPA unconstitutional. That's noted it's an interesting fight, particularly after the June 2022 Bruin ruling by SCOTUS. Does the Second Amendment language shall not be infringed extend to federal law enforcement action against citizens when the state is ordered to uphold and protect the Second Amendment? Now, I don't know about you. But to me, that seems like a pretty obvious answer. That's exactly who it specifically is talking about when it says shall not be infringed. I mean, that was the whole point of the Bill of Rights was to tell specifically the federal government, here are things that apply to you in terms of hands off. And one of them, uh, the rights of the citizens, even like for forming militias, have well-regulated militia, that shall not be infringed by you. Freedom of speech. Shout out. I, I suppose the founders should have put in there at every instance, this is for you. First Amendment shall not be violated by you, federal government. Freedom of assembly shall not be, the the people have the right to do it, shall not be touched. Stay away. You are the entity that cannot do this. So for it to be a head scratcher, now when it says that people's rights shall not be infringed, is this referring to the government? Is this referring to the feds? It's not a real head scratcher. Unless apparently you have a law degree. Springfield's Talk 104.1, I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Miriam Williamson, who has announced her intentions to run against Joe Biden for the Democratic national er, uh, nomination, uh, she's hit back at Karine Jean Pierre over Crystal Ball Dis. During Monday's Daily White House press briefing, Jean Pierre responded to a question about Williamson by mocking her candidacy for president. By the way, uh, 
isn't she not supposed to be, quote, campaigning from the White House? There have been a number of issues that she's like, well, I can't really talk about that because of the Hatch Act. I can't weigh in politically, even in instances where it clearly was not an issue of campaigning. But here she is attacking and mocking in the context of asking the question. In fact, you kind of almost wonder if Peter Ducey wasn't asking this just to see if she would answer it. Totally violating the Hatch Act. During the briefing, uh, let's see, uh, Jean-Pierre responded to a question about Williamson by mocking her candidacy for president, including joking about crystal balls and auras and an apparent reference to Williamson's past as a spiritual advisor and self-help author. She said, I'm not tracking that. I mean, if I had, what's it called, a little globe here, a crystal ball, then I would tell you, a magic eight ball or whatever, uh, if I could feel her aura prompting everyone in the room to laugh. Well, isn't this brilliant to the Democrat Party? So right now, Democrats have before them an old, senile, rich white guy and a woman. And uh, we're going to once again see if Democrats are actually ready for a female president. But this is such a clear involvement from the White House by the, the press secretary in a campaign comment. Glenn Beck's next. I'm Nick Reed.